Showtime Sports presents Showtime Boxing with Eric Raskin and Kieran Mulvaney. We are here right now with former super middleweight and light heavyweight champ and now boxing hall of famer Andre Ward. Andre, welcome. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I appreciate you guys having me. So it's, it's interesting you going in as part of these three years at once. You're a first ballot hall of famer. So many big names and what's particularly interesting is most of the guys you're going in with are not of your generation because you retired nice and young. Uh, what's it like to be going in with all these guys, the, the Bernard Hopkinses, the Roy Joneses, the Floyd Mayweather's, U.S. Olympians in some cases from 8, 12 years before you? What's that like to be part of this class? It's hard to find the words. Um, I mean, I know that I've done enough to be here. Um, but, you know, my big three is the three you named, you know, Roy, Bernard, and Floyd. So it doesn't make sense to me that I got in, you know, Bernard got in just one year before me. Me and Floyd got in in 2021, and then I'm coming, getting in a year ahead of Roy. Like, that just doesn't register. Right. right. Um, but I'm just trying to enjoy it. Like I told you guys when we were off camera, just trying to just enjoy the moment. You know, when, you, when you're a top athlete and you've won for so many years as an amateur and a pro, you, you very much get conditioned to not celebrate the wins too long, put it behind you, and get back to work. And for this one, I'm trying to just embrace the moment and mm -hmm. be that little kid again that, that fell in love with boxing at nine years old. And just enjoy it. Yeah, um, you know, Eric mentioned you know you retired pretty young. Those of us sort of on the outside, it felt like it came pretty suddenly. Yeah. You know, you had the Kovalev fights. It looked like you were going to think about what came next, and then you were done. How long had you been thinking about stepping away? Probably wanted to retire probably two, three years before I did. Okay. Um, you know, and I got you know a core group of people in my life that I consult with: my wife, my pastor, and a few other individuals I consider brothers. You know, and I, I, I bounce stuff off of them like that. And my wife was always saying, you know, like, it's just not time. And it was just partly just because it's not just the fights, you know, it, it's the training. You know, I was, I'm the type of person where, like, when I go, I go. I know one way, and that's full steam ahead. So my training, my preparation, the mental focus, you know, all the money being spent to keep my body right so I can compete, that stuff starts to add up. And then your kids start to get older, and you start looking at, not being there for certain things. And it just it just starts to wear on you. Mm -hmm. And I'm the type of person where if I can't do it all the way, I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so I was creeping to that retirement place before the first Kovalev fight, just didn't know when. And then as you start to get closer, it just starts to, you get more clarity. Mm -hmm. um, and then after Kovalev, I thought I was done after Kovalev won. Okay. You know, I didn't, I didn't go in a boxing ring. I didn't throw a punch for three months. And that's, mm -hmm. and that's just not like me, I don't do that. Um, consulted with my pastor. He was like, you know, think about that. I think you may have another one left in you. Went and did the other one and had a new deal with HBO on the table um, and then decided I didn't want to fight anymore. What was the, just physically, did you feel age creeping in at all? I mean, it certainly didn't show in the ring if you did, but was training any harder? Was it? Yeah, so I didn't feel the age in terms of like not being able to get out of the way of punches, my reflexes slowing, none of that. But I also didn't want to be around when that started to happen, number right. one. Number two, the training, yes. I felt the grind. I've had a couple knee surgeries. You know, part of it, one of them was playing basketball in 2008, and the other one was just wearing tear meniscus. Um, shoulder surgery, like, when you're young, you don't have to do, like, rehab and prehab and get your body ready right. for camp. You just go to camp and just right. do your thing. You start getting those late 20s, early to mid 30s. Yeah. It's like, this is different. Yeah. It takes longer to recover. We're taking more off days. And just, just things that I started noticing that, Nobody could really tell, but I started to feel it, and it just starts to, to wear on you. Mm. Did it make the transition easier, the fact that you had the commentary gig with HBO, 
subsequently moved to ESPN. So it wasn't like you had to leave boxing behind. Yeah. You were around it somewhere. Did that yeah. help at all? I, I definitely think that commentating specifically, um, it helped with the, what's the right way to say it, sort of the detox mm. process. Mm. You know, when you retire, it's like a death. When you've done something as long as I have, um, it's like a death. It's like you have good days with it and bad days with it. But being like ringside, but not in the ring and not fighting, not taking punches, dishing punches, or taking punches, dishing punches out, it helped me to kind of like like decompress and, and detox little by little. But just to abruptly walk away and, and, and never to be seen again, that, that would have made the process twice as hard. Do you enjoy, you always were a very analytical boxer when you were in the ring. Yeah. Do you enjoy that opportunity to analyze fighters beforehand and analyze what's happening in the ring and be able to I love it. I mean, I look at, you know, I look at lifestyles, you mm -hmm. know, people talking boxing. So you kind of know how a guy's living for the most part. Mm -hmm. You know, they put putting things in their bodies or they, they like the nightlife. I factor in those things. I factor in mentality when I'm talking to a guy. What does he seem like to me? Then I look at his ability, right? I look at his work ethic, you know? So I, I love that kind of stuff. Obviously, mm -hmm. when I was fighting, breaking down opponents, but, but now, you know, sitting ringside, I love it. You know, you get a big stack of, you know, just a bio. Right. And, and I, I, know how to, I know how to find what I need right. in that bio. Right. <laughs> and, and, and for the record, when it comes to talking boxing, you'd much rather be doing it in person with us than on a Zoom camera with Max Kellerman, right? <laughs> let's, let's make that official. That you enjoy I'll put it, it like this. I always have a good time with Max. <laughs> but, but being in person is nothing like that. <laughs> um, looking back on, on your career, um, we, we mentioned, Kieran mentioned, you know, you're working for HBO and ESPN. We haven't mentioned our home network, Showtime, yet. It was really formative in, in your early career yes. between Showbox yes. and, of course, the Super Six. Yes. How, how big a, a role did Showtime play in helping you get where you wanted to go? I mean, it was huge in terms of my exposure. You know, I had some of my, you know, I got established on Showtime. Mm -hmm. You know, I sort of solidified myself and sort of confirmed that I'm still that guy on the other networks, but I got established uh, on Showtime and, you know, Al Bernstein and the crew, man, um, just a, it's just a blessing. I mean, I was with, with you guys for years and I've always had, still got great relationships. I mean, I feel like nobody ever quits at Showtime. But some of the guys that were still there, I'm still talking to them, I still text, they still work for Showtime, still got the same position or maybe they moved up. It's just always felt like a family over at Showtime. And, and now that my doc is gonna be at Showtime, we just announced right. yesterday that my documentary is gonna be airing on right. Showtime uh, Q1, um, I'm back. You know, so it's great doing business with you guys again. What what can you tell us to, to tease the, the documentary? What's uh, it, sort of the angle? I'll tell you this. We're, we're, we're still working on angle and, and how we want to present, but it's going to give you guys a lot. Okay. Um, I'm also working on my book. We haven't announced that yet. So both of those things are going to be dropping Q1 of next year. And I think it's a lot more than you guys are ready for. All right. Okay. All right. Put it like that. <laughs> um, someone else who is important in particularly the formative years of your career, unfortunately, can't be here with us, but he is being inducted. And that, of course, is Dan Goosen. Yeah. And um, how does that feel that even though he can't be here, yeah. you're going to be here as part of the same induction? It's just, now? it's crazy how life works. I mean, yeah. you know, out of everything we've been through, the good, the bad, like who would have thought that we'd be getting inducted mm -hmm. at, at the same time? Um, but very bittersweet for me. You know, you have issues in business, things happen, um, and then the man passes in the middle of a dispute. So that, you know, you just don't have any closure with that. Um, so that part is difficult, um, but I still have a lot of love for his family. I ran into Joe Goose and we called a fight together and uh, we picked up where we left off. Um, I haven't seen his wife, Debbie, but I hope I get a chance to see her and the kids and Craig Goose and his son and just a lot of love for the Goosen family. You know, you have business, 
but but I never took it personal. At least I did. I tried not to. Mm-hmm. And there's still a lot of love for the Goosey family. This is exactly the kind of environment that Dan should be in, isn't oh, it? He God. would be in heaven here right now. <laughs> yeah. He's a bit of an extrovert. That guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, I mean, you could hear Dan before you see him. <laughs> you know, that's Dan Goosey. Yeah. So he, he'll light up any room, and, and for him to be inducted, I mean, come on. You, you guys know, he'd he take over the whole place <laughs> yeah. the whole weekend. So, you know. So as we're talking to you here, and, and we're talking a bit about how and when your career ended, it, yeah. it's reminding me that I think whatever, wherever someone ranks you among the all-time great fighters, I think you are near the very top of the all-time most successful careers, you know, in terms of getting out with all your health intact and getting out undefeated. You know, I guess Floyd Mayweather is probably number one all-time in yeah. that category. He's most successful. Fights, so yeah. Yeah. Most successful. Made a few just, bucks. Right. <laughs> But would you say you're you're in the conversation for number two, like most successful career, if you're grading it in, in that sense, health and, and money? I'm, and I legacy? feel like I'm just thankful being in a conversation. Okay. It's a lot of conversations I can be in in <laughs> boxing, and to be in one like that, I, I don't really get like I'm competitive, so you know your first mind is like, yeah, I'm this, I'm number one, I'm number two, I'm. This. But when you start talking about ranking me or talking about me in, in terms of all-time greats or, or greats or just even just other fighters that that came in the sport, I just have so much respect for him, man, that I, I try not to get involved in where I rank. But I will say this, you know, I want to try to set a new precedent. Even though it's a little strange for me being the baby and being the youngest here. Um, and I think I, doing some math, I think I may be the second youngest all time in the Hall, wow. the Hall of Fame next hmm. to Wilfred Benitez, I think. Oh, okay. Got to confirm that, but I, I think just doing some short math, I, I, I want to see guys getting in here younger and younger and younger. You know, coming to the Hall of Fame, I first came in 2015 as a guest, and I was a student of the game. So I know older fighters, and they don't believe I know them. I'm like, dude, I know you. Like, I, know, I watched you VHS tapes. I'm telling them stuff, and they're just sitting there like, what? Like, this young guy telling me about myself. It can be bittersweet hmm. because you see your heroes, you see the guys you grew up watching, and some, some are doing okay, yeah. some aren't. Um, and I just never wanted to be a guy who sort of got, got sort of rolled in the Hall of Fame or limped in and barely made it. Physically, I'm not. Th- I just didn't want to be that. Um, competitively, I still want to go today, but I got to mm. think long term. And um, I believe I made the right decision. Mm. The first fight of yours I was ringside for, you were buried deep on the undercard. Uh, Wayne McCulloch and Oscar Larius were the main event. Yeah, yeah. And. Dude, it feels like yesterday. <laughs> I mean, it all what goes happened? by in the blink of an eye, doesn't it? It does. Like me, I mean, me and my wife, we talk often. She's like, I can't believe it's over. Mm. I can't, like, I can't believe that 13 years like just came and went. Like, mm. it, it, you know, it's tough leaving, going to camp. You know, we, we, she cried every time I left, and I'm, I'm sad. I'm struggling. And like, we had our, you know, injuries, losses. We had stuff. But when it's over, you miss it. And, mm. and to your point, you wonder where did the time go. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, and that speaks to what you were saying before we, uh, when we were off camera. You're trying to soak up every moment of this, aren't you? Right here, this weekend. I think I owe it to myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I owe it to myself, and I I didn't like, like I, I I knew it subconsciously, but I didn't really, you know, take the time to think about it. About the part about not celebrating wins very much until recently, Mm. and you know, I have my, I got friends and stuff that'll say, "Man, are you even happy about this? Like, do you? Mm. Like, I had a friend recently ask me, like, are you excited about?" The Hall of Fame, like, of course. Like, what do you mean? He's like, it just doesn't seem like it. 
part of that is the pressure of, you know, like I got a, you know, my, my author here who's, you know, mm -hmm. shadowing me. I got the Showtime crew for, I got family, I got responsibilities, interviews. Um, but part of that is also just kind of just putting my hard hat on, doing the job and then moving on and, and then not enjoying it. So I, I just, I owe it to myself. Mm. And, and um, I'm going to do it. I'm right. going to celebrate this. <laughs> I hope you're able to, yeah, take a step back, soak it in, and, and just enjoy the celebration of Andre Ward becoming a Hall of Famer. It's yes, uh, pretty darn cool and, uh, and, and certainly well-deserved after, uh, as I said, one of the most successful Thank careers you. boxing I will take seen. that. <laughs> I will take that. <laughs> Thanks so much Thank for talking so much, to guys. us, Andre. Appreciate it. Anytime. I'm not comfortable living in a hot dog. I can't do this anymore, ma'am. If you won't listen to me, then I really don't have a choice. So you're running away? South Park, the streaming wars. Now streaming. Okay, well, I'll see ya. Bye, honey. Okay. Exclusively on Paramount Plus. It's official, everyone I'm in and I is possessed. The world is weird. We will investigate unexplained phenomena. It's a bit convenient, isn't it? There's something happening in the world that is evil. God is here. And the devil is too. What the hell? What happened? Religion. Evil. New season June 12th. Binge season one and two now exclusively on Paramount+.